Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, good afternoon, Scott. How are you? Oh, that just keeps going, doesn't it? That's well done. Uh, afternoon, Nick. How have you been? I'm very well indeed. I'm very well indeed. So today, where are we? What are we drinking? Let's start with the important stuff. Of course. Today, we're actually down at the uh, Union Hotel in uh, on the highway in North Sydney. So Ooh. it's uh, not too far we're away. We're in a different suburb. We, we are. We are. And um, a little bit of a walk to get here, but it's not too bad. And that's, uh, well, that's how it is sometimes, being able to walk. But... Um, it's good to get out, and um, yes, a lovely, um, lovely bottle of red this uh, this week. It's a it's a wins uh, called the the Gables. It's a Kunawara Cab Sav from twenty seventeen. Uh, lovely uh, region down in the Kunawara. So it's uh, yeah. So what what year's the wine, Scott? It, it is twenty seventeen. Okay, so it's, it's it's fairly recent, but it's also another one of these as we're we're sort of testing at the moment that the, what is available during this uh, this era in the um, in in the pub series and. Um, They've actually they've picked up their game quite a lot in this the, the, the pub scene in general for the sort of wines that they're producing um, for the guests now. So it's great. Oh, excellent! So 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 feedback on the wine. Now the wine isn't very old, but that's not what we're going to talk about today, it, is it? It's not. In fact, if we were talking about something that was very old today in wine, it'd be a uh, entirely different conversation. Excellent. So so I, I come from a little island called um, Guernsey. And in the mouth of a harbour, uh, Margaret Rule, who was the archaeologist who found the Mary Rose, if you remember that, um, actually found a Roman galleon in the mouth of Guernsey Harbour that they excavated, and they found amphora still sealed with wine in them. So would that kind of age of wine be similar to the age of tech we're talking about today? Quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> I know I bought a house once, and I'm, after a while there was something wrong with the plumbing, so I got under the house and um, crawling in the dirt between the floorboards and eventually I found stuck in the wall was a bottle of wine from when the house was first built in about 1970, I think it was. Oh, wow. And the previous owner had forgotten about it. I thought, oh, this is great. Anyway, we, we pulled it out. Oh, it long t- since turned to vinegar, but it was an interesting experience. <laughs> cool. So today we're talking about legacy tech. So there's there's lots of legacy technology around and it has impact on customers' businesses. And I, I'm not sure as a business owner you probably really understand the impact that legacy technology can have on your business. So, so let's 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 run through it. Talk to me about legacy technology, Scott. It's probably one of the most horrid conversations in the IT industry. Um, it's it, it, it's the complete opposite of some other sort of businesses that can really uh, sweat an asset to to sort of put that into context, and um, it it just doesn't work. It, it's, it, you sort of think it works, but it really doesn't work. No one really likes using a six or seven year old computer. And the, the concept of being trying to be productive with it is just ludicrous. Okay, so, so why is that, right? So computers, the silicon that computers run on, the processors, that doesn't really age. That, that, that is true, but the world does change. Like if, if I bought a hammer, for example, I'd expect I could get a good 20 years' use out of that hammer. Um, the concept of what I'm doing with it, I'm going to bang a nail on the head with a bit of metal. Yeah, okay, that's, that's good. And that, that process doesn't change over the span of life of the hammer. Um, if you're talking about a computer, though, I mean, technology changes at such a rapid rate. And what, you're, what you might have bought three, four, five years ago probably isn't really cutting it today. 
And this is the issue that there's there's too many older machines out there that are, are trying to be used well beyond their their true life. And I've got to be a bit careful here because from a technology point of view, I sort of see that a little bit too strongly. Uh, but from a business point of view, you look at the productivity and you say, well, how is this person being productive on something when they're just sitting around waiting for things to happen all the time? Okay, so there's, so there's things get slow. Soft software demands more from the hardware. So there's more hardware because the cost of hardware is going down. Um, so you get more bang for your buck, so to speak. In fact, I remember when um, my parents bought an Apple II. Um, back in the day when you bought an Apple II with a monitor and a floppy disk, it's almost exactly the same as a state-of-the-art PC now, but you wouldn't want to run your business on a, an, an Apple II. Probably not, no, or, or a floppy disk for that matter. Um, but, and this is the, the sort of thing, there's a lot more data these days. The applications are bigger and bulkier and heavier. They need the faster hardware just to keep up with what they were doing previously. But at the same point, applications today do a lot more than what they used to many years ago. Okay, so that's the application side. Um, so if we get modern hardware, we'll be able to do more things. We can use modern operating systems and things might move faster. But when I talk about modern operating systems, and we'd all know we're getting updates all of the time. Talk to me about security of legacy tech. Is there an issue with having old equipment there? Yeah, maybe causing a security issue in my business or, or maybe not. Well, this, this, this is where it starts to get interesting because if you go back, say, five, ten years, the, the concept of security updates for your operating system really wasn't there. It was like every now and then someone would bring in a new release, you update it, yeah, you patch it, you put some updates on, and that's great. But things weren't as connected back a number of years ago as they are today. Everything's available on the internet. People are doing more things. The hackers are smarter. The security trojans are smarter. The viruses and malware are smarter. They go looking for all the holes. Uh, and they've got access to a lot more systems than they used to. So when we're talking about security updates for systems, it's really important that they're actually put on. Now, the issue with the older operating systems is that they're just not produced for those anymore. If you look at things like uh, Windows XP on the desktop or even older, when we're talking about Vista and me and so forth, um, those updates just aren't available anymore. Um, in, in a couple of cases, there's very special ways to get them, but that's not really where you want to be. Um, these, um, these updates that you can't get in the older releases are saying, hey, there's known security issues in, in these versions. Why are you using them? Move forward, make yourself protected, get yourself to a modern level where we know the updates are available and you can protect yourself against a lot of the common issues that are around. So, so you mentioned things, you mentioned Windows ME, Windows Millennium, which I, I remember. Um, there's Windows 98, Windows 95, Windows 3.11, Windows 3.1, Windows 3.0, you know, Windows 7. We could go through all the versions. What's the oldest version of a op Windows operating system you know is in production today? I was actually, don't I, tell me the customer. <laughs> I was actually thinking, um, thinking about a DOS version, actually. Oh, Really? <laughs> I've actually seen a machine still running a version of DOS. Strangely enough, DOS has had a bit of a revival, um, partly in the sort of the the, the the techno. Hey, look, I can run DOS. I can do this. But it's um, it's been public um, public sourced. It's, it's open source and available on on the internet. You can download it and run it. It's quite cute. Um, in some respects, you can use it for very simple IoT sort of devices and that sort of thing. But anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. Um, Older versions of um, of Windows or of um, or of even DOS. I mean, oh gee, um, I think the oldest thing um, right now. I'm aware of a machine still running Windows ninety five. I'm still trying to work out 
why that hasn't sort of just rusted and fallen apart. But <laughs> yeah, so I know the machine Scott's talking about. It's running Windows 95. It's running a 16-bit mission-critical application. And you just shudder when you think about that kind of thing going on out there. But, you know, lots of people haven't upgraded from Windows XP. There was a huge problem because everyone liked it. It kind of worked. But Windows XP, when did that go out of support? Well, it, look, this is just it. I mean, these these things have been um, have been gradually phasing themselves out. Windows XP was into support twenty fourteen, so it's twenty twenty now. So you're already running something that's had it's missing six years of updates. I can tell you, in the last six years, there's been a lot of security holes found in operating systems. Now, when you're um, if you're running XP, and look, there are still a lot of valid uses for the older operating systems they're often tied to older hardware so in some cases this could be medical equipment it could be some um, specific manufacturing item it could be some unique item in the business that still provides a critical function and you you need to make sure that's protected so we've actually seen in the industry now um, device specific firewalls start to appear now these things only exist to protect a single device and they protect them against all of the current threats, knowing that it's running an older version of an operating system. So if you think about a, a hospital may have 5,000 medical devices there that are running an older version of Windows or XP or some other unique variant of an operating system that's very old, the device works perfectly well, it does what they need, yet they know they need to protect it. You can actually put these little device firewalls in front of them now that are centrally managed they provide all of the security protections that you would otherwise have gotten if you'd upgraded the device. Wow, so I can get a, uh, this little device firewall, so you speak, little thing. I plug one end into my device, one end into the wall, and I'm good, right? You, you, you can. And now, it, they're not cheap, I'll, I'll say that, but they, they serve a purpose. I mean, they're, they're designed for the larger enterprises that know they have a problem, that know they can't solve the problem quickly, but here is a way to address the issue. And look, in, in that respect, it can actually be cost-effective, but I don't want you to think that, oh, I'll toss 50 bucks in a little box and it'll go away. No, these things could be, you know, like 1000 or $2,000 each, but they're going to solve the problem. Now, if you think about, there's a whole part of the industry spending this much money solving this problem. If you don't have to do that, why are you still on these older versions of operating systems? Yeah, no, I see that. So the, the other thing about legacy hardware probably more than software is this wonderful you know the statistic the the what, what they call in manufacturing the bathtub curve and the mean time between failure and and in older computers we have platters spinning in hard disks and all sorts of stuff that stuff just fails doesn't it eventually yes look it's got moving parts it doesn't matter how well it's built it eventually your hard drive will give out uh, there's a lot of like replace the old spinning rust hard drive with a, a solid state disk or a memory drive um, that works very well and actually gives you a little, little bit of extra life in your machine because you've upgraded part of it to make it faster. But keep in mind, your machine is still old. It's going to have issues. It's going to run slowly. And that's okay as long as you're aware of that. But th- this is sort of where it comes into, look, how, how much are you willing to pay for the use of older equipment? So if I have, so so I'm going to go on the money side here and just have a thing. If I've got an environment, and, and I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway where the client's gone out and bought the latest and greatest hardware. Um, everything's up to date. It's all, yeah, you mute, yeah, using Australian terms now, it's not good, I'm a POM. Um, but it's all this it's latest hardware. It's cheaper to support that environment, isn't it? Look, it absolutely is. 
the modern operating systems have got better interfaces for support. There's modern tools available that make it really easy to um, to address any issues that come up. And in reality, less issues actually occur. You don't have things like, oh, something failed or the hardware broke or this application's really slow or, you know, oh, this, this, I got this error. And then you, you try looking, what, what's this error? Mm, okay, I don't know anything about that. Let's try to work out what that is. And it doesn't, it shouldn't be occurring anyway. Now, when you actually go and upgrade environments and make them modern, these sort of things don't happen. You get a lot less issues. Cool. So it's time for our normal interlude where we talk about the venue and the wine. And actually, we've been here for lunch, so I'm gonna I'm gonna chat about my lunch a little bit. So we're at the Union Hotel in North Sydney, we, we are indeed. And look, the um, it, it's 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 a, not a, a what you'd say a new establishment. The the, the location has been around for, for quite a while. Uh, obviously, it's been it's been renovated over the years, but um, it, it's been here for for forever. Um, and it, it it's always a nice easy place to, to get to and to drop in and say hello. Cool. So um, I had the um, uh, beef and burgundy pie, which was absolutely gorgeous, and you, and you did the um, bangers and mash, I, I believe. I, I had bangers and mash. Look, it's a it's a it's a bit of a uh, bit of a favourite for a pub sort of meal to see how well they do it. And they actually did a good job. Yeah. Cool. And we, we were washing that down with a Wins Kanawara Estate, the Gables from 2017. What what a it's a really quite a quaffable wine. It's very dangerous this one. And and, and this is just it. These aren't expensive wines we've been talking about, and that's that's on purpose uh, to show that look, this is what's available um, fairly easily in the country, uh, locally produced. Um, Kanawara is pretty hard to do anything wrong with. Even even the bad Kanawara reds are actually quite good. So um, yeah. Excellent. So, so look, back to legacy tech. I'm sure something people are interested in. You're going to have a look at what types of things you have in your environment and probably get incredibly surprised um, by what versions you are out there. But just for people reading, let's go through things that are out of support. And by out of support, and, and I, I can talk to this because I'm an ex-Microsofty, by out of support, there's a couple of levels. But when an operating system gets totally out of support, it means there's no longer security fixes for it. Now, Microsoft may occasionally do a really, really critical fix, but it's not guaranteed. And you really shouldn't be using those operating systems because the world and the state of the art has moved on. So, so. Now, Windows 8.0 we know is out of support. In fact, that's been totally superseded and you shouldn't go anywhere near it. In fact, if I was you, I wouldn't even go anywhere near Windows 8.1, to be honest with you. I'd be straight to Windows 10. Um, but Windows 7, yeah, Windows XP, talk to us about those, Scott. Yeah, okay. So Windows 7, which is probably one of the more common operating systems out there. January 2020, that went into support, so no more updates since then. Look, there is a, a, a way to get them if you really need them. But it's the sort of thing where you know you're running a mission-critical environment on that and you must have these. Uh, otherwise, why wouldn't you just upgrade? It's actually more effective to upgrade, more cost-effective to, to upgrade. Uh, look, Windows XP, going back before that, into support in 2014. Windows Server 2008 was into support this year in Jan 2020. So any Windows 2008 server environments. Um, Windows Server 2012 is still around, so that's good. still being supported, still having updates available for it. But um, And, of course, we go back a bit further, Windows Server 2003 into support in 2015, yet we still see that out there. That's, it, that's it, not running a mission-critical environment we're supporting at the moment, is it, Scott? No, not at all, no. <laughs> it's very, very depressing. Um, <laughs> but, but, it, but it is what it is. And, look, it's, uh, it's not about, um, in, in business, it's not about being the, the, 
the, technically the most up-to-date and the most shiny gold award for the best technology. It's it, You've got to produce the business result and the technology needs to help support that. So that's that's very important. But you, you've also got to be aware that if you... If you're hiring someone and let's say you bring on a full-time person and you're paying them whatever you're paying them on an annual basis and you can sort of work out what those sort of figures are, why would you give them a five-year-old computer? Why not spend an extra $1,000 and get them something they can be more productive with? Even if it saves them 10% of their time overall, you've just saved yourself one-tenth of their salary from sitting around twiddling thumbs. So the, the biggest cost is people, right? Compared to a even a $3,000 laptop amortized over three years. And that's that's an expensive beastie, really, for a business use. A person's going to cost you more than $1,000 a year normally, I believe. No, look, absolutely. So you'd really want to give them the most effective tools that are out there to, to be able to be the most productive that they can. It's, yeah, just the way it is. Cool. So that's that's awesome. Scott, have you got any further points on, on legacy technology? We batted it around a bit. I've just got this one one thing that I generally tell people to sort of get their mindset in the right place here, that if you're not updating your technology and you're not applying security updates and you're, and you're leaving yourself sort of a few years in the past because you're, you're thinking about this is the most cost-effective way to, to run and trying to reduce your cost base on that way, I can tell you now the only people you're helping are your competitors. Awesome. Well, that seems like a really good place to end. Scott, thank you so much for another superb wind down. Um, I hope all of you enjoyed listening to this. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we release new ones of these, which we do quite regularly. Um, And tell your friends, the more people who listen, the more we're going to keep going on with this content. Um, Also, put some comments down there. Let us know topics you'd like us to cover or things you'd like us to change. Um, We really appreciate you listening today. Have a fantastic day, Scott. Thank you so much. Have a lovely time. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.